You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We are officially live on YouTube. Uh, Shout out to everybody out there watching us right now on YouTube, and I know those numbers are going to grow. Subscribe if you have not. Go find us on YouTube. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. And as always, holler out to all those folks that just listen audio. If you're just driving into your car on Monday morning listening, you don't care about the YouTube life. That's okay, too, because that's who we've been talking to uh, for years now on Locked On 49ers. But we've got the YouTube channel locked and loaded here. And I'm super excited to bust this out for those folks and have a live show here. And I see you already jumping in on the chat. I love this. And um, after this episode of Locked On 49ers, Niners, stick around because we're going to do our normal episode here. Then we're going to jump on the chat and just hang out for a while, an hour, two hours, three hours. I don't know. I cracked open my beer, uh, a local brewery here, a bike dog brewing in Sacramento, zero sum pale ale. So I'm going to be sipping on that and we can go all night. We can go 49ers after dark as long as we need to <laughs> on this episode of Lockdown 49ers because I'm pumped up. Croc, I know you're pumped up after this 49ers win. Niners handling their business in Jacksonville, 32 to 10, right? Thir- yeah, 30, 30 to 10, right? Sorry, 30. What, did I did I give the 49ers some more points? I, f- I thought they made a, maybe yeah, you, added a safety on the a, end. 30 a, to a 10 safety. was the final, yes. Really excited about that. I mean, at the end of the day, these are some of the toughest games, the games where you're supposed to win, but, you know, there are, you know, different circumstances that even, you know, going to this game, traveling across the country, you know, being on the road, 10 a.m. start time, you know, uh, local time for the San Francisco 49ers. So, uh Really, really good win, especially one that you are supposed to have. And I think this is one of the first games, well, back-to-back games now of showing dominance, but the first game dominating a team that you head into the game saying like, oh, we're going to dominate this game. We have to dominate this team. It's a team you should you know, be able to impose your will on. The 49ers did that from start to finish. Yeah, the biggest takeaway for me to start this whole thing, and we talked about it on our Friday episode, our keys to victory, is the 49ers handling their business. The the Niners are better than the Jaguars. They have no business hanging with the 49ers. The 49ers rolled in, and look, East Coast, maybe the weather isn't ideal, some humidity the 49ers might not be used to, a long flight, 3,000 miles, you show up, ah, maybe some jet lag, things don't feel right. The Niners show up, they're like, we're the better team, we're going to bully you. And to me, this goes back to last week, and I think that was the biggest thing about the Rams win on Monday Night Football. They showed themselves, they showed the world, they showed the primetime national landscape that are, you know, everyone's watching this football game. They found an identity. The 49ers found an identity. They played to that same identity again against the Jag. Jaguars, they're bullies. They can beat you. They know they're better than you. Kyle Shanahan's uh, deciding whether or not to to kick a field goal or go for it on fourth down. It doesn't matter. Kick a field goal in the first quarter, score a touchdown in the second half. It didn't matter because you're a better football team, right? They went out there and bullied the 49ers. None of it mattered. You go three and out. Nope, guess what? It's not three and out because there was a penalty and you still have the football. We're going to go... 20 plays and and go 13 minutes and we're going to score on you. It doesn't matter. You're a better football team. It almost doesn't matter what you do at that point. And the 49ers showed that because they're bullying the Jacksonville Jaguars play in and play out just like they did last week against the Rams. Yeah, there were some things that, you know, kind of really jumped out to me right away. You know, and one of the things you talked about third downs, you know, uh, maybe the 49ers supposed to be getting off the field and it was the Jaguars 
I know I'm saying that wrong. Jaguars. It's the Jaguars. Jaguar. If you're, uh, I've seen the Jaguar uh, car commercials. It's Jaguar. Jaguar. They say it. I think in the UK sometimes. Uh, Jaguars isn't correct. If you want to sound sound like a gringo, you say Jaguars, Croc. It's Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. <laughs> All right. So the Jags, they did what the 49ers have done. Jags. You know, early in the season, where you know, hey. You're supposed to be getting off the field. Nope, there's a penalty, and they kept drives going early on. I think that really helped. I think more than anything, the like the real key to victory, and we talked about 49ers fighting that identity, and we've been searching for it. Like, what are they going to be? What are they going to be? I think the thing I've seen them do the best, especially over the last two weeks, which has been them establishing their identity, not turning the ball over. Like, on, on the offensive side of the ball, like, that's been the key. That's been the biggest thing. They are not shooting themselves in the foot, and they have limited the penalties. Penalties were a huge issue with the 49ers. I mean, we saw it even if you go back to the Cardinals game with Trey Lance starting that quarterback. I mean, how many offensive holding calls did they have? You know, how many different times did they do things to kind of really hurt themselves? And watching them against the Rams, watching them against the Jaguars, that's one area where they have been much improved. It's not shooting themselves in the foot with penalties or turnovers. It's so huge. Penalties and turnovers is a big one. And it's, it's, uh, in some ways, it's comical to watch another team go through that. And it's like, oh man, shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, look, this drive should be over. Guess what? It's not because uh, there's another team that's screwing themselves and, and it's not the 49ers. And the 49ers went through some things. Um, and it's funny because even when early on in the game, so the 49ers, let, let's start Let's start at the beginning. The 49ers go on this 20-play, 13-minute drive. More plays and more minutes even than last week, and that drive was ridiculously long that the 49ers went on in the first quarter when they beat the Rams. Fourth and one at the three-yard line? Were you blown away that Kyle Shanahan didn't go for it? In the end, it didn't matter. It, it didn't matter. They could have gone for it, not gotten it. They could have gone for it, gotten the touchdown. They ended up kicking the field goal. That's fine. You get three points. In the end, they were so much better than the Jaguars. It didn't end up mattering. But I didn't like starting off passive. You go through this long drive. It's like, let's step on their throat early. And it didn't matter. But I didn't love the decision early. Then later on, it almost felt like Kyle Shanahan got some like a little bit of extra confidence. It's like, oh, we're, like, it doesn't matter anymore. So now we'll go for it. I think early is when he needed to go for it. Right. I don't know. That's the way I felt about it. Yeah. So we've seen this in back to back weeks. Right. You know, I called it out before halftime of the Rams game where they had an opportunity to call a timeout and, you know, save some time and be able to like, hey, we're going to put together a drive. We're going to step on their throats. And obviously, again, 49ers didn't need it. But I don't look at it in the sense of like that game, like that situation. I look at it from like the mindset standpoint. Right. If you're Andy Reid, like, what does Andy Reid do in this situation? We watched him against the 49ers in the Super Bowl go for it several times on fourth down. Like, it's it's a mindset thing. So I just thought it was a little weird last week, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Kyle didn't go for it. But then, like you said, up double digits late in the game, fourth and seven, they go for it from dang near midfield, get it, and not only get it, they score a touchdown. I'm like, gosh, that was that's odd. Like, just the, the thought process, right? And then you have this game where 49ers have a 20-play drive and he elects to kick a field goal. And again, I was I was just the, – the thought process on that. And people, you know, they gave me a hard time on Twitter because I talked about it. But my thing is, like, are you aggressive or are you not? And a lot of people are like, well, the 49ers got three points out of You don't want to, you know, not get any points out of this long drive. And my thing is, like, hey, if you don't get it, then 
the Jaguar, the Jags quarterback has rookie quarterback. They've been struggling offensively has to drive 97 yards. I think you have a much better chance scoring a touchdown there than you do uh, Trevor Lawrence driving the field and scoring a touchdown. So to me, it was like, okay, like I thought that was a little strange. And then again, later in the game, same situation. He goes for the touchdown and gets it. And it's just like, is there a bit of a kind of a front runner mentality going on with Kyle Shanahan where when it's tight, you know, his, his, you know, his cheeks get a little tight and he's like, uh, and he kind of panics and like, I'm just going to go the passive way. But then when he's up, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm that guy right now. Let me just go for it. And obviously it's core. But my thing is like, be, be that guy all the time. Cause right now with the team trying to find their identity, I think that's part of it. Now, I don't know how much he, Trust Jimmy Garoppolo maybe in those situations? I, I don't know. Like early on to, to set the tone, but maybe that has something to do with it. Obviously, Jimmy did miss a wide open uh, Jeff Wilson right there, and he's thinking like, oh, I don't want something like some weird things that happen. But I don't know. Like what's the mindset? And I, I like I like how the results of the game and everything, but those are just things I pay attention to because, yeah, you know, you, you're up big against the Rams. doesn't matter. You're up big against the Jags eventually, so it doesn't matter. But it's just something I'm keeping an eye on. All right. <laughs> Tight cheeks. I'm glad we didn't talk about the cheeks of Alex Mack and this one getting too sweaty in that humidity in Jacksonville. 49ers with a big win, 30-10. to 10. Uh, So many more takeaways. I want to talk about a couple of things. One of those with Jimmy Garoppolo maybe missing a target in the, at the beginning of the game there right before that field goal in the first quarter. How he played. Some other takeaways. Debo Samuel continuing to do what he does. Uh, RB Debo. I mean, this is, this is getting kind of crazy what Debo Samuel is doing. Uh, both as a runner and a receiver. Of course, we'll give out some game balls on this episode of Locked On 49ers coming up. But first, I want to tell the folks out there about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game. You've got to log in from like your your sister's neighbor's girlfriend, and you're you're watching this, then you're watching highlights over here. You got your phone, you're logged into something else there. Well, look, I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all that entertainment you love without all the BS, essentially, like no hassle. Just it's a great way to finally get your television together and it's called direct tv stream you guys know direct tv this is direct tv stream it's a it's a it's the new era of direct tv it brings your live television and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place without juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get to you, get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I see all you guys. There's so many people in the chat here. I love it so much. Thank you all for listening for all these years at Locked On 49ers. And I see so many familiar names here that I've chatted with on Twitter that are longtime listeners that are now jumping on with us here on YouTube and it's fantastic. You love to see it and we're going to do a huge Q&A. We'll hang out as long as you guys want to hang out here in the chat when this podcast is over. Croc. I want to talk about Jimmy G 
And I want to talk about that throw in the first quarter. I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, first of all, he's been playing awesome the last few weeks. I don't think that's deniable, even if you, you, you think he was off target on a few throws. The throw in the end zone on third and one to, no, was it second and one? And then, then I think there was another run after that to Jeff Wilson right. in the first quarter. He missed Jeff Wilson on the, the shallow crossing route. Jeff Wilson slowed down a little bit. Look, it's bang, bang in there. He's trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Jimmy sees it flash open. He's looking to the left. He sees he sees Wilson flash open on the shallow crosser to the right side. And I think Wilson sees that he's so wide open, he kind of slows down into like this, like, hey, throw it to me. I'm so wide open. Jimmy sees it, thinks he's going to keep running. He misses him. You would like him to connect on that. You would like those guys to be on the same page and see that. I don't kill Jimmy for missing that throw in the end zone because he's his guy slowed down he expected him to continue on the crosser am I wrong on that because because Jimmy kind of got killed early in the game especially on Twitter people were freaking out putting up the video look how terrible Jimmy Garoppolo is for missing this throw I didn't see it that way no I, I didn't see it that way I just looked at it as just a miss and again those are things that might not be too impactful as the game goes on against the Jaguars but you know obviously like moving forward you want to be on the same page with your running back, Jeff Wilson. And, you know, Jeff Wilson, too. You know, he just got active, what, uh, two weeks ago? Got his first action, like, real action last week. So, you know, they still have to kind of continue to build that rapport as well and understand, you know, what each other wants, for, you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, catching the ball in the end zone or any other situation. It's it, – and look – Overall, you're going to miss some throws. That that one just stands out because of how wide, wide open Jeff Wilson was, and it was in the end zone, and you end up with three points instead of a touchdown. But overall, Jimmy was pretty good, and at the end of the game, it was uh, pretty much unnecessary to use anybody else, even though Trey Lance uh, did step on the field there and handed the ball off, never attempted a pass. But 16 of 22 passing for Jimmy G, 176 yards. It wasn't a huge production. Two touchdowns. No interceptions. That's the key thing for me with Jimmy the last few weeks. He's been seeing the field better in shotgun a lot. I think turning his back to the field is something that we're pretty obvious now is important to Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and that's been different in the 49ers offense. And He hasn't been throwing the ball to the other team. I think part of that under center with Jimmy and play action, turning his back, then looking back, he expects to see one thing, expects to see something there. And sometimes there's a linebacker, a rogue linebacker, maybe a safety that comes down a robber, something he doesn't see, and he throws the ball to the other team. He hasn't been doing that, and it wasn't huge output, but I felt really good about Jimmy G, and it looks, uh, what, what I thought about Jimmy G in this game felt better than his 16 for 22, 176 yards, which doesn't seem like much, but he was rock solid, and they didn't need him to do that much because they were dominating on the defensive side of the ball. The Jacksonville could barely get a first down in this football game. It's pretty amazing the time of possession that the 49ers dominated on Sunday. Yeah, I think ideally Kyle Shanahan would like to continue to play this brand of football where he is leaning more on the run game. Obviously, added Debo Samuel to the run game, into the mix, and he had almost, what, 80 yards uh, rushing. So that was awesome. I think 9.9 yards a clip. That was pretty cool to see. But, you know, lean on the run game and limit putting the ball in harm's way, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or other, you know, a drop ball or a fumble or whatever the case might be. And, you know, ideally – you want to play every game like this where your defense is being dominant and you can lean on the run game. The last two weeks combined, the 49ers have ran the ball for 86 times. I I don't – that might be like a record for uh, a, just a two-game stretch of how many times you get to run the ball. 
I don't know if they'll they'll be able to hold that, right? I mean, that, that seems like something that is kind of an outlier situation. So when Jimmy does have to throw the ball more, you know, what will it start to look like from that standpoint? But I think, you know, right now you can't worry about that. 49ers back-to-back weeks have done a really good job of, you know, executing. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been a big part of that. I appreciate everybody jumping on and, and watching us live or maybe at the same time as you're watching. Hopefully the football game is muted on Sunday night football here with the Chargers and the Steelers. Apparently the Chargers DBs are getting cooked over there. Croc, uh, the 49ers drafted a guy in the second round and the Chargers have a guy in the second round and Asante Samuel Jr. that a lot of 49ers fans wanted. Um, we are not going to talk about that Chargers game, but I just wanted to throw that out there, Croc. I don't know if you can... Uh, corroborate that it, it, are, are the Chargers DBs getting cooked right now I'm a little bit worried about Brandon Staley's defense because he's a defensive guy why aren't the Chargers well the Chargers defense is what's killing him right now right yeah and they have the playmakers on that side of the ball there was an opportunity for uh Derwin James to come down with an interception and he did like this weird bobbled and foot drag thing didn't get his foot down in bounds but gotta take advantage of those opportunities and so far it kind of led to scores but I, I haven't seen you know I'm not watching the game now so I don't know what's going on right now. Another week, Croc, and actually I'm blown away that the Jacksonville Jaguars got to 21 minutes of time of possession in this game because in the first half it was something like a minute, a minute and a half <laughs> that the Jaguars had at one point. Uh, and this was in the second quarter of the game. It's crazy. So Four they were plays. Able, they had ran four plays at that time. Insane. They were able to hold the ball a little bit. And I think, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think the Jaguars – by like a minute or less outdid the Rams last week as time of possession. I think it was 39. I think it was 39 minutes the Niners held the ball last week. It was 38-22 this week. So congratulations, Jacksonville Jaguars. You did something that the Rams could not. Um, Debo Samuel, obviously, carrying the ball more as a running back than a, a wide receiver this week. And obviously, he's doing amazing things. Eight carries, 79 yards, a touchdown. He had one catch for 15 yards. That's it on two targets. Brandon Ayuk was the big receiver for the 49ers in this game. Seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. The George Kittle touchdown, I love seeing that. Um, I love both of those throws actually in the end zone to Kittle and especially Ayuk. Just seeing that break open and seeing Jimmy hit him as he broke open, I just feel like there was there's something flowing about the 49ers offense and, and a connection that Jimmy has with everybody that he hasn't had before. It's not even a Brandon Ayuk thing. It's, it's a Jimmy with everybody thing. It, it, are you reading that as well? Yeah. And I think this is the type of, you know, play from Jimmy Garoppolo that we were hoping to see all throughout the season, right? Like if Jimmy had played at this level, which obviously, you know, I see some people in the chat saying, well, he's still missing throws. He's still doing this. And it's like, yeah, what, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. But if he can, at the very least, execute at a decent enough level to where, you know, he is moving the ball, then I think it will lead to wins. You know, early on, the big issue was, you know, you played against the Philadelphia Eagles and they had three straight three and outs. You know, you you come out against the Seattle Seahawks. And I believe at one point, what the 49ers outside of that first drive, you know, they just couldn't get anything going. And that was with the defense getting five straight three, uh, forcing five straight three and outs uh, against the Packers. The 49ers didn't score until uh, Trey Lance came in as time was expiring and 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 ran a, a goal line sweep or whatever it was. So I think right now we're seeing what we expected from Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he had played at this level, which, again, is not amazing, but he's playing solid football. He's playing good football. He played at this level, you wouldn't be hearing all the chatter about Trey Lance and when he's going to play and, what you know, oh, my gosh, you know, and every oh, the panic that we had early on. Now it's just, again – 
can Jimmy Garoppolo be consistent with this? And so far over the last four weeks, it's looking like he can be. I've, there's been so much talk, especially it started last week. It continues this week. Is Kyle Shanahan doing anything different to you, Croc? Is there a different? Uh, is it a different groove? Is it a? Uh, was it like? Uh, was it the closed door meeting? You think with the players? Are they playing different? There's a different vibe. Is it Shanahan? Is it the players taking accountability themselves? What's going on here? Because clearly, there's a different confidence level. I think with the 49ers. they're just, they're they're handling business, and they're more like that bully we saw in 2019, and they kind of sleptwalk through the first half of 2021. Now you know I I really think just the biggest thing, especially with the offense, is not turning the ball over. Again, go back to the Arizona game. The offense was like looking good early on, right? Like they were moving the ball. Jimmy made some throws, boom, fumble. Then they're moving the ball again. Jimmy makes a couple throws and then boom, fumble near the end zone. So right now the biggest thing is not shooting themselves in the foot. So what does that allow? Kyle Shanahan to be in more of a group. Look at the Rams game as well. You know, what was the biggest difference? It was the third down efficiency, which has been bad. But I think it's more so of just, Hey, my players executed. Thank you. You know, if you look at the film, you look at all 22, guys are open. It's just about executing. And right now, I guess we could put that on him because he is the coach and this is his offense, but we're just seeing a better level of execution. There's a couple of things that maybe I'm looking too far into it, but the announcers who do a ton of work and meet with all the coaches pre-game and, and do all this pre-production work for their broadcasts they drop things that sometimes i'm like wait a second and you don't really hear it from the local media because uh they don't get that information or whatever and maybe the the broadcasters are kind of taking things out of context and taking them too far but one thing that stood out there's two things that stood out for me in this game that the broadcasters said one was that brandon Ayuk is their guy on versus man coverage he's the best player versus man coverage and gets open and I'm like, what? they they talked about him like he was trash for the first, like, what, six weeks of the season or something? Is he that good against man coverage all of a sudden? It's it's such a strange situation. I know Kyle Shanahan talked about Ayuk and, and that he wasn't playing well or whatever it was in the preseason and uh, in the offseason heading into the year. And then the second thing was them talk, and we've heard this, we heard it from the owner or this, the, the CEO. We heard it from Jed York earlier uh, after the draft and during the summer. And when I heard it, I was like, yeah, whatever. But the announcers, again, talked about Jimmy Garoppolo in 2022. Like, they're getting that from somewhere, right? Jimmy in 2022, and then Brandon Ayuk, the best receiver versus man coverage. What are your thoughts on those two things? Because those t- jumped out at me as like, they got this from the 49ers coaching staff. Yeah, and again, like like you said, maybe they're taking it out of context. I mean, look back on what Jet York said in the offseason. Like, you know, everybody took away from what he said was, Trey Lance, we can go two years and not see Trey Lance. But they failed to mention the part where he was like, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing at an MVP caliber level, level and taking it to the Super Bowl, then yeah, there could be a chance where Trey Lance gets to sit for a couple years. And obviously that had been relayed to Jet York. So... Yeah, I think there could be a little bit of context missing there. You know, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo would have to play at an, at a really high level that you feel like you 100% can't get from Trey Lance at no point next year. And right now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, again, has been very efficient. I think if you have Trey Lance at quarterback, it would look different. But I don't think if he had kind of played throughout this whole time and went through some of his ups and downs, I don't think it would be too far off from what we've seen these last two games 
which again has been efficient play from Jimmy Garoppolo, but not like earth shattering, right? Like not like, oh man, like we, we could not win this game without him. Like they've ran the ball 86 times over the last couple of games. So I think if you're still playing running that type of offense, then yeah, I think you can see a guy like uh, Trey Lance in there. I don't think that's a reason to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. I can't see it. It's 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 uh, almost worrisome that they're they're trying to push that and how how clearly Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to get Trey Lance onto the field and he waited probably a series or maybe two series longer than I expected to get Trey Lance on the field. Just just slightly worrisome. Something worth. Uh, worth looking at and look if the 49ers are winning it's not a big deal and nobody's worried about it and right now looking at the NFC I think that's the tease for the next segment here before we get to the game balls talking about the NFC the playoff picture the 49ers in the thick of it now at 500 at five and five the rookies for the 49ers that 2021 rookie class making an appearance and yeah of course game balls coming up on this episode of Locked On 49ers. And stick around because we're going to keep doing the Q&A. If you're on YouTube, if you're on the audio version, yeah, we're going to do the normal pod. But the YouTube folks, we're going to hang out for a little bit. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up. I'm seeing so many people in the chat right now. It's awesome. How about this, though? You know what else is awesome? Built Bar. They got new flavors. Paranormal Pumpkin. There's a mystery flavor. I don't know what's inside, but when I hover my mouse over the mystery flavor... There's chocolate on the outside. That's my favorite thing about Built Bars is it's 100% real chocolate. It's covered in 100% real chocolate. It's not some brown, sugary substance, you know what I'm talking about. It's like fake chocolate. It's like, hey, this is good for you. It's fake chocolate. No, this is legitimate, real chocolate. If you haven't tried Built Bar right now, you are missing out. It's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are kind of chalky waxy they taste funny they're hard to choke down built bars aren't like that at all it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar it's covered in 100 real chocolate and when you bite into it you know you're eating something completely different brand new flavors throughout the month of november showing up all the time like coconut almond uh, peanut butter brownies one of my favorites blueberry muffin is actually one of the new flavors this month that i love the brand newest that i haven't even tried yet Vanilla cream, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar in the vanilla cream flavor of Built Bar. Low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein, all the healthy goodness you're looking for in a delicious treat and so many flavors New flavors coming out all the time every couple of days this month. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, Get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. I hope you all made some money, by the way, on the 49ers. I really screwed up uh, betting on this football game because not, 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 not as far as the 49ers go, but in the survivor pool. It was between the Titans against the Texans and the Niners against the Jaguars. I was a little bit worried about maybe weather, maybe a letdown game for the 49ers. Uh, they hadn't impressed me at the beginning of the season. Got to be honest, 49ers fans, they did not. And going across the country, 3,000-mile trip, morning start, East Coast, Jacksonville, I thought, yeah, you know what? Titans, Texans, Titans at home. Let's go Titans in my Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool. By the way, check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show every day. I went with the Titans in the Survivor Pool, didn't go Niners, 
and I was eliminated because the Titans got rocked by the Texans. And the 49ers handled their business. I will not make that mistake again. Uh, But you can go bet on your 49ers to beat the Jaguars, to beat the Vikings, which is a huge game we're going to talk about in a second. Coming up next week, you can bet football, baseball, basketball, Thanksgiving. We all know what that means. Tons of football happening there. And BetOnline has you covered all season long. More props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. And oh yeah, if you head on over to BetOnline's new updated desktop, mobile, or mobile website, uh, sign up today and you can get your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON. Not just football. We're talking pro and college hoops. Obviously, the Thanksgiving football is going to be fun next week. NHL, boxing, UFC, favorite Vegas casino games. Go to BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline. We're stuffed. We're Thanksgiving stuffed with all of the deals for this Thanksgiving. Stuffed with odds, stuffed with props, stuffed with every line you can think of at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on. All right, Crocky. Do you want to congratulate Aaron Banks, 49ers rookie, second round pick, for getting on the field, right? Congratulations. Yeah. Oh. Aaron Banks <laughs> making an appearance. He jumped on the field with Trey Lance. Trey Sermon got some extended action. We saw both cornerbacks, Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore, on the field. Every 49ers rookie got action today except for Elijah Mitchell, who was hurt. So that's what you love to see. And, look, it wasn't the normal course of action that these guys got on the field. But uh, even better if it's a blowout win for the 49ers and they got all these rookies on the field. Aaron Banks, congratulations, young man. Yeah, got to see Ambry Thomas, and, and and I think out of all the rookies, that was the one I was most curious to see, you know, what he looked like. And he got kind of picked on a little bit. Now, again, this is a time in the game where 49ers are playing a little softer coverage. Uh, they definitely don't want to get anything, uh, you know, they don't want to get hit behind them for a big chunk play. But he got hit with a whole shot where he was kind of the cover two corner and had to sink, and that was just like, gosh, like he just learned he had no chance, <laughs> you know. One thing about Ambry Thomas that I know, noticed when watching his film from college was – he was better playing from the line of scrimmage and reading down uh, route concepts from there. And having him have to play off in a situation like that again, you want to keep everything in front of you, just looked a little weird, looked a little funny. So uh, definitely an area where you want to see him improve and, and see how he does that, you know, going forward. But I don't know, just not I, – I I'm, I'm not seeing it with Ambry Thomas yet. Like not even like the flashes. I'm not seeing like the flashes of, oh, man, I like how he did that. Remember Kenneth Acker? Like Kenneth Acker, former sixth round pick, right? Yeah, something like that, right? Like they drafted him, Dante Johnson, and another corner the same year. At least with Acker, I saw like times where I'm like, you know what? I think he he could be potentially a starting corner in the NFL. I'm not quite seeing that yet with Amber Thomas, but obviously limited playing time. And they went at him. That's that's what tells me that you might have a little bit of a problem because they brought in both rookie corners on the same series and Diamador Lenore is on the other side and he's playing off and Ambry Thomas is playing off. You know, it's late in the game. You got a big lead. You're playing off, right? You don't want your young rookies to get torched and you don't want to give up a score. They didn't go after Demo. They didn't throw at him at all. They went boom, 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 three times in a row and then like went somewhere else, then came back again at Ambry Thomas. I think it was four out of the first five plays. I mean, that tells me something. That can't be a coincidence that they went straight after Ambry Thomas when he jumped into the game, right? Uh, I mean, I think it can be 
somewhat of a, 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 a you know a coincidence. I mean, he, he's the guy who he hasn't been on the field, so they don't even have film on him at all, right? Like it's not like they're going back to the preseason and saying, "All right, guys, there's this uh, third round corner, and if he gets in the game, like no, they're not thinking about that. They're la- they're watching the last few games, and he's been nowhere in sight. So maybe they did target him at first, and you're like, you know what? We'll just keep going to the right side and see if we continue to get some action there. And and they did. We got to give out some game balls here, Croc. Uh, there's a ton that are worthy of game balls, I think, from the 49ers on this day. I'm going to start, though, with... I'm going to start with Nick Bosa. A couple of sacks, 10 sacks. He's matched his total from 2019, and he's got seven games to go. Uh, we're we're, we're going to see a big year here from Nick Bosa, sack-wise. Um, and here's what's crazy about Nick Bosa is the sack numbers are great, and he's been really good. And I think maybe it's because he's missing his partners in crime in DeForest Buckner. And he does have Eric Armstead over there, but he's missing, you know, healthier version of D Ford. I think Bosa could be even better and more impactful, yet he's still uh, so good right now. And, and that's what's scary about Nick Bosa. I'm going to give Nick Bosa, just because of the two sacks, I'm going to give him a, a game ball here. And he's been good. And I know some people early in the game were tweeting out, hey, how come the the Jaguars are throwing so much and the 49ers pass rush is not getting home and almost as soon as I saw that tweet Nick Bosa came in and got a sack and then he got another sack Arden Key I think has uh four quarterback hits out of five games I think sacks in three games in a row but um Nick Bosa and Arden Key the only sacks in this game Nick Bosa is clearly one of the best defensive ends in football and he's almost He's almost playing. He's almost rolling solo at this point on the D line because he's not getting that much help from the rest of the group, and he's getting double teamed and chipped and held on almost every single snap. I was going to say that his impact doesn't stop at the you know just the pass rush and the sacks. It's the holding penalties that he's forcing as well. So you know even on his sack today, it was like he was kind of getting like uh, putting in like a headlock, like a chokehold, and he was able to kind of power through that and still get a sack. I thought his pursuit was tremendous to be able to run down a guy like Trevor Lawrence from from the uh, backside of the play. Just big-time hustle, and I think he's the epitome of everything that you want from your defensive guys, and he's a guy that you can point to in the film room and say, hey, I, I need this type of effort from all of you, not just number 97. We got to get out here. We're going a little bit long. Uh, Croc, what other – game balls do you have and by the way everybody stick around on the live youtube stream if you're listening audio on monday morning to this podcast and didn't realize that croc and i are on youtube go check it out hit subscribe hit the little thumbs up and hit the bell and all the things you got to hit on uh, on youtube and be involved with us here uh, on video as well croc what do you got you got any game balls in there from this game i know yeah. there's plenty of options to pick from yeah and you have all these options, you have all these players, but I'm actually going to go with a couple other guys, the coaches. You know, the 49ers, we've been, you know, critical of the coaching staff when it comes to, you know, just like the discipline and things like that of, of the players. And this is back-to-back weeks now where the penalties haven't been an issue, the 49ers aren't turning the ball over, and I and I kind of was critical of them and just their, uh, like, hey, you know, if you're not coaching it up, you're letting it happen. And so far in back-to-back games, the penalties – really a non-issue and also the turnovers not there so uh and the 49ers defense taking the ball away so big shout out to the coaches 
Because I think maybe they made some type of adjustment. I don't know. But obviously, whatever they're doing, the last couple of weeks has worked. That's that's a great one. Uh, there, there's definitely something going on. This team is walking different. They're playing different, snap in and snap out. Uh, and I think winning cures a lot of ills, and I think it's just growing, and you can see it growing from player to player, and uh, that that's super important for the 49ers, and uh, they're doing some pretty amazing things. I think Debo Samuel is an interesting one. He caught one pass, but he's so impactful. He's gotten a game ball in almost every game this year for the 49ers for us, Croc. Uh, eight carries, 79 yards. He's such an X factor, and he's so important, and I can't even really fully describe the value he brings to the 49ers, but there's something different about him right now. There's something special about it. He caught one pass, and he felt like such a huge impact in this game. And look, he carried the ball eight times, so that's nine touches, and Garoppolo only threw 16 passes, you know, so uh, he was nearly as uh, as important as the quarterback in this football game, but... Can you can you talk a little bit about Debo Samuel? I'm giving him the game ball, but like what what do you think it is that he really does to a defense? If you're playing on defense, like you don't want to tackle him when you're a corner, right? And Croc, I know you're a former corner, and I know that you had hands like a wide receiver, and I know you tackled like a safety, uh, and I know you were smart like a coach, but not every corner is like that, right? So it it's like uh. It, I feel like corners don't want to man up and he's so able to get that edge because corners don't want to hit this dude. Yeah. You know, I think a big thing with him and it's just his performance from today was just the versatility, right? Like, and it's just a guy who, whatever you need, he's going to be able to do that and produce at a high level. So, you know, in previous weeks, it's been the big plays, the run after catch and things like that. This game, it was like, hey, we're not even going to really utilize you in the passing game. We're just going to turn around and hand the ball off to you. And I think that does something to a defense because they might be a little unsure of what type of personnel they need to have on the field. You know, you look out there and you see, you know, just a like an a empty set. Because, you know, coaches, there's a chess match. You look at the sideline when a certain guy, you know, runs onto the field. You count their personnel, and then you make sure you have the right personnel to match up against that. But when you have a guy like Debo Samuel who – is a receiver and lines up out wide, but then all of a sudden he's in the backfield and he's the main running back on that play. Now you got numbers in the run game because now you probably have a nickel on the field and you're able to kind of really be aggressive with that nickel and it helps in the run game. And I think that's been a very beneficial to the 49ers. They're like, man, every time we do this, we have numbers and and uh, we got guys pulling, they're getting on those little cornerbacks instead of being a linebacker and it's been beneficial. So Debo, he's hurting guys from a lot of different areas. And uh, really, so far, MVP of the 49ers team. And I, I don't think it's close. Yeah, and, and we're talking about uh, league-wide accolades that should be coming toward Debo Samuel when this season is over. It's pretty amazing what he's been doing. All right, we're going to cut it off there. There's so many other players we could give game balls to, but uh, we've got to get out of here from the audio version of the podcast. Stick around if you're on YouTube, and we are going to continue to maybe even have some special guests here and hit your questions and just chat it up and have a little bit of 49ers after dark. If you haven't uh, subscribed yet, go subscribe on the YouTube channel, subscribe on uh, Apple and, and Spotify and everybody else, everywhere else you can find this Locked On 49ers podcast. And thanks for making us your first listen, by the way. By the way, every single day, Croc and I will be back tomorrow 
video and audio right here, Locked On 49ers.